那下一页我们今天要读的读的经文是在菲利比书一章十二到十八节文清弟兄们无愿意你们知道我所遭遇的事更是叫福音兴旺以致我所受的困苦在预言全军和其余人中已经显明是为基督的缘故并且在那里的弟兄多半因我受的困锁就笃信不疑越发放胆传神的道无所惧怕有的传基督是出于嫉妒纷争也有的是出于好意这一等是出于爱心直到我素未辨明福音设立的那一等传基督是出于结党并不
I, I know I got reports of some of you telling me that you were praying for me. You are my church family that lifts me up, and that's what helped me as I was away from you. Some of you might not realize that I was away. But I was away for the whole month of August. And I was traveling with the chapel to see some of our work that we are doing in missions. If you don't know, I, I have been now... Um, um, have a new role at the chapel as the missions pastor. Um, or we call it uh, now outreach pastor. Is that a different word in Chinese? Outreach missions? You don't know? Okay. <laughs> it's the same thing, but we just changed the word. <laughs> so I, I've, I traveled um, to uh, Cambodia. <laughs> and and we, are, we are starting a new work there uh, in uh, uh, helping uh, orphan children. It's a work with uh, an organization called Asia's Hope. And they are rescuing these children um, from, uh, from exploitation. It could be economic or sexual exploitation. If you know what that means, if you know I mean that these children were in a bad situation and they brought them out. And they bring them into loving homes where there are people that help them uh, and give them um, good resources for their life. Resources that help them in school, but also so that they would grow in a relationship with Jesus. And then from Cambodia, I took a very small trip to, because Cambodia is very close to Vietnam. And some of you know that here at the chapel, we have a Vietnamese church. And uh, the chapel, um, we are partnering with the uh, Vietnamese church pastor. His name is Pastor Mun Dang. Uh, Dang. He, he is right here, and you may see him sometimes here at the chapel. Uh, if you stay here at the chapel um, after 1.30, you would probably see Pastor Monday. And so we went there and we are working in uh, planting new churches for God's kingdom. And we traveled a, a, many different places in Vietnam to see his work. And see how his church is growing. And then from there, I took a, a longer trip and I traveled from Vietnam to Mozambique, Africa. And the chapel has been uh, doing work in Mozambique for over 10 years. And we are helping to bring uh, relief, like clean water and agricultural fields to the people in Mozambique. 
clean water and agricultural fields, you know, things to plant. As, and that allows us to then help the church grow. It's, it's amazing when we bring in this kind of help, it allows us to share very openly and boldly the message of Jesus Christ. And, and in all of these countries, just these three countries I went to, God is moving. You know, God is always working, He's working everywhere. And I had such joy in my heart, though I was tired because going from one country to one country, I had such joy. The Bible says that the joy of the Lord is our strength. And it's not that I can I was able to get up every day and run out the door. But I was filled in my heart with joy and I got up because I was seeing God's work. God was changing all of these people's lives. This is a picture of a small church in a village in Mozambique. That morning I taught the word of God to those people. And they were hungry for Jesus. They wanted more of Jesus. And I was seeing how they were being changed. And they wanted to take it and share it with others. God is working everywhere. All around the world. And I was privileged and I was honored to see a little bit of it. I feel like I have the greatest job in the world. Because I can't sometimes contain the joy that I get to see in people's lives when they see Jesus. And they're seeing Jesus and they want to live for Him. I was amazed in Vietnam how the church was going, growing so fast. Sometimes we feel that you know, things are going slow and we don't see many people coming to Jesus. But there in Vietnam, every church that I would go, though it be small, they were always thinking about sharing the love of Jesus to more people. And it was amazing. People would respond to that and they would see new churches being planted. Even a church of just three years old was already thinking, already purchased land for a new church to be planted. Because God is moving. And you can't keep the power and, and the love of God down. It will always be advancing. So thank you for praying for me. Your prayers were answered. I, I was healthy the whole time. I was a little scared when I was in Africa. I, I love Asia. No, I love the whole world. <laughs> I had a, it was a little bit easier for me in Asia. I'll, I'll be honest. Because <laughs> I, I, can, I can deal with the food in, in Asia. No problem. <laughs> in, in Mozambique, it was a little harder. <laughs> 
The last time I was in Africa before, and when I was in Africa, I got very sick. Actually, so sick. I mean, I, I, I almost, I felt like I couldn't do many things. I was in bed. But God protected me, and I had such a joyous time in Mozambique. And the food was pretty good. <laughs> They love corn. They love their corn, though. <laughs> Um, so, if you have your Bibles, would you turn to Philippians chapter one? As I was telling Tom Zhuang, I, I was telling her that I will not have the、um, scripture on the screen. So, uh, he uh, he said, because, and I, she always asked, "Will you have the scripture on the screen?" And I said, "No." Because I want you to open the Bible. I'll put the reference on the screen. So if you if you don't have a Bible, there's a Bible in front of you. Please open it. I want you to open the Bible for yourself and see the Word of God. Don't trust my words. Trust God's word. So even as you read it, you're thinking, "What is God speaking to me?" Don't don't think, "What is Todd speaking to me?" So is everyone turned there to Philippians chapter one? And we're going to start in verse twelve. So I entitled、uh, this sermon "Joy in the Midst of Blank." You fill in the blank. The joy in the midst of struggles. The joy in the midst of good times. The joy in the midst of bad times. The joy in the midst when there's hardship. The joy in the midst when everything is going good. The joy in the midst of, and you fill in. And so I want to ask you, what brings you joy? Is it material things, the things that you own? Is it getting the the latest tech gadget? Tech gadget, you know, the latest iPhone or the latest. Maybe it's your job. Is is what brings you joy going on vacation? Is what brings you joy your home? Is what brings you joy your health? Is it maybe reading a good book? Or, or going to see a good movie? Or is it is what brings you joy being、uh, with your friends? Do do relationships bring you joy? Does being with your family bring you joy? Your children, your grandchildren, or is it the times that you spend with your family and friends? What what brings you the greatest joy? Think about that right now. And then think about if those things were to be taken away. 
Where would your joy be? Would you still have would you still have joy in your life? How does the, how does it make you feel if those things would be taken away? You know, the Apostle Paul, he had great joy. The Apostle Paul is the one who wrote the book of Philippians. Under the inspiration of God. And his joy was not based on his circumstances. But something outside of himself. Not something that he uh, acquired or he made on his own. And if we realize that the Apostle Paul, I mean, if we would realize that, that his joy was based on his circumstances, we would think he would have no joy. If you read anything about the Apostle Paul throughout the whole Bible, you would think that Paul would have much grief and sadness. Because he was in many hardships and struggles. But he had joy. He had wonderful joy. And so let's look at this uh, in the book of Philippians of where the Apostle Paul found his joy. Starting with verse 12. It says, I want you to know, brothers, that what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel. And verse 13, so that it became known throughout the whole imperial guard and to all the rest that my imprisonment is for Christ. So before I, I, I go on into more details about this, I want you to know that the Apostle Paul wrote this letter to the Philippians from Rome. As it says here that he was a prisoner in Rome. Actually, Paul was under house arrest and chained, as it says here in verse 13, to an imperial Roman guard. Now, how he got to Rome was a long and gruesome journey. You can read about it in the book of Acts, Acts chapter 21 through 28. And Paul goes to Jerusalem, and when he goes to Jerusalem, he's accused of wrong teaching about God. He was beaten and he was arrested for teaching about Jesus Christ. And Paul stood before the Roman authorities and stood before the Jewish council in Jerusalem. Uh, 
Okay, and unfortunately, the Jews felt threatened by Paul. By, by, not by Paul himself, but by his teachings. The teachings of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And therefore, the Jews made a plot to kill Paul. And, and, and when the Roman authorities found out of the plot of the Jews to try to kill Paul, they had transferred him from the city, from, from Jerusalem to the city of Caesarea. And there again, Paul stood before trial, uh, before the Roman authorities. And also before the Jewish council. Again, all being accused because of his proclamation of the gospel of Christ. That this was wrong teaching. And, and actually, I forgot to tell you that, that well, then after that, after, uh, when Paul then appealed, he appealed to uh, Caesar. Paul appeared, appealed to Caesar after these accusations. Caesar was the king of Rome. Yeah. And then was sent by Rome, uh, I'm sorry, sent to Rome by a ship. And during his travel by ship, he ran into difficult weather and became shipwrecked. But by God's uh, grace, he survived, along with the whole crew. And then, um, sooner or later, after that shipwreck, which was on the island of Malta, he was able to get to Rome. And when he finally got to Rome, uh, the Roman authorities uh, took him and um, uh, uh, took him to a house arrest. And there he made his appeal to the king of Rome, Caesar. Letting, him, letting them know that what he was saying was nothing against what really God wanted to be proclaimed. And, and he wasn't doing anything wrong. And so this was his long and gruesome journey to finally, he got to Rome. And you know, you know, Paul actually always desired to go to Rome. After Paul converted to following Jesus Christ, he always desired to go and take the gospel to Rome. But it would happen the way it did. You think it would probably? He probably thought in his own mind, in his own plan, that he would take a ship and it would just—he would just go to Rome. Never thinking that he would be going to trial against the Roman authorities and against the Jewish council. Being beaten and arrested, and finally ending up in Rome. Not as a free man, but as a prisoner. You know, God had a different plan than probably what Paul thought of. And I would say God had a better 
plan. That's how God works. He will work far um, different than what we could think. Turn to me, uh, turn with me to Second Corinthians chapter 11. Second Corinthians chapter 11, this accounts of what happened to Paul and his hardship. Along with everything else that I described to you that happened, that's recorded in Acts 21 through 28. This was also happening, uh, this also happened to Paul, but is accounted in Second Corinthians chapter 11. It says, uh, starting with verse 24, Paul said, Paul was, five times I received at the hands of the Jews the forty lashes less one. Verse 25, three times I was beaten with rods, once I was stoned, three times I was shipwrecked, a night and a day I was adrift at sea. 26, I on frequent journeys in danger from rivers, dangers from robbers, danger from my own people, talking about the Jews, danger from Gentiles, danger in the city, danger in the wilderness, danger at sea, and danger from false brothers, in toil and hardship through many sleepless nights, in hunger and thirst, often without food and cold and exposure. Go to verse 27. So 24 so again, you would think by reading this, wow, um, Paul would have to be struck down and defeated. But it was not so. Look at uh, chapter 12, Second Corinthians, verse uh, verse 9. He says, but he said to me, meaning Jesus, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Paul was not struck down. Though it would seem by a human perspective, you would, you would feel defeated. This is real life. This is not just something that was made up. This really happened to Paul. He had this incredible hardship come upon him. But he always looked and said, It is for that, that my weakness would be made known so the power of Christ can be made known. 
Paul was consumed with the hope and love and plan of God through the Lord Jesus. This is what kept him going. This is what filled him with great joy and strength. So God's better plan was, I mean, the gospel that brings everlasting hope and joy. Nothing of his own circumstances. Nothing of how he felt. Everything of what God was. That's what he based his hope and joy in. So now we go back to Philippians chapter 1. Remember Paul's journey and all of his hardship. And then when you read verse 12 and 13, you realize what that is coming from. He says, I want you to know, brothers, verse 12, I want you to know, brothers. You know, when someone says that, they, are at, they want you to pay attention. If someone ever came up to you and says, listen, I want you to know something. You know it's important. It's something that has value. It's something that they want you to listen to. And so Paul starts off and says, I want you to know. I want you to take note and make sure you understand. That, as he goes on, that what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel. Now, this is the key point for Paul. His hardship and imprisonment and beatings and numerous trials were all for the advancement of the gospel. The gospel of Christ was to be proclaimed even in his hardship. Even as it says in verse 13 that his imprisonment was for the advancement of the gospel. And it's really interesting to note that Paul never calls himself a prisoner of Rome. He says, I'm a prisoner of Christ. It's not that the Roman authorities brought him there. It's not that the, it's not that the Jewish council brought him there, that he is a prisoner. But he always considers himself, I'm a prisoner for Christ. Paul knows it is Christ who put him in this situation. It is for the cause of Christ that he is a prisoner. It's for the advancement of the gospel of Christ that he's a prisoner. Not because the Roman authorities put chains on him. But he looks at his life through Jesus. And so his life would be an arrow pointing to, to Jesus. Even as a prisoner. Even as one who's under 
home arrest chained to an imperial Roman guard. And I want you to know that this home arrest and this, this, this chain was uh, a very short chain that he was uh, 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 chained to. And so this was a, a, a very serious thing that he was put into. But he, but he looked at the situation as an opportunity to advance the gospel of Christ. The joy of of Paul's heart was for the gospel of Christ. It was overflowing in every situation he found himself in. And, and can you say this for yourselves? Can you, can you also think of that where you would find uh, your life would be for the, the advancement of the gospel of Christ? Do you understand the gospel of Christ in such a way that brings you joy? The joy in the midst of any situation, good or bad. Does the gospel of Christ satisfy your heart fully? And you may be asking, well, what is really the gospel of Christ? The gospel of Christ is that Jesus died for your sins. Sin separates us from God. Our, our sin is offense to God. It, it, it poses opposition between us and Holy God. But God, in His love and His mercy, sent Jesus to die on a cross for our sin. He took our punishment that we deserved. We should die and be separated from God. That would pay for the sins that we commit. But God loves us too much that He doesn't want us to be separated. And so He died for you so you can be in relationship with God. That you can be intimate with your Creator God. This is the gospel. This was the gospel that Paul was so passionate about. And that in every situation he was filled with joy. And in every situation he wanted his life to just point to Jesus. That people wouldn't give pity to Paul because he was in a bad situation. But Paul turned it and said, No, I'm in prison for Christ. I, this serves for the advancement of the gospel so more would know. Remember the words of Jesus. Look at the words of Jesus in John chapter 16. Turn there with me. John chapter 16. The Gospel of John. It's the fourth book in the New Testament of the Bible. 
Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And then turn to chapter 16. And look at the last verse, verse 33. Jesus says very important words to his disciples and to you and I. He reminded them that this world is going to have trouble. He, re- he reminded them when you, when you follow me, you're going to probably have hardship. And it probably will come even more because you follow Jesus. Because following Jesus is different than what the culture and the world was going to tell you. Paul experienced it right away when he started teaching about Jesus. They wanted to kill him. They didn't like his teaching about God. They thought that he, they, he was going against what they taught in the Old Testament. But Paul was saying that's not true. Jesus came to fulfill everything that God wanted. But listen, when we follow Jesus, it's hard. And Jesus warned of that. He said in John chapter 16, verse 33, I have said these things to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you'll have tribulation. But take heart. I, Jesus, have overcome the world. So I'm warning you, just as Jesus did to his disciples, and as he says in his word, life won't be perfect when you follow Jesus. You'll probably have struggle when you follow Jesus. People may not agree with you when you talk about Jesus. The culture will say that you're intolerant when you follow Jesus. But remember the words, take heart, Jesus has overcome and so can you. Take heart that his peace is greater than what the world could ever give. And I tell you, that's the Apostle Paul's motivation for his joy. It's the message of Jesus, the hope of Jesus. Is that your hope today? Do you take hope and great joy even in the midst of a hardship in your life? Because you have a relationship with Jesus. Because you know your God intimately. You've been, you've been forgiven of all of your sins because of Jesus. And you can talk and communicate with your God. That's the greatest thing. It's a peace that the world can never give. Only Jesus can give that.
So turn back to me, to, turn back with me to Philippians chapter one. And so, and Paul is using his bad situation, being chained to an imperial god, imperial guard, to further the gospel of Christ. And I want you to know that this imperial guard, this was a person, actually people, because it was changed, uh, that were the elite in the Roman military. The imperial guard, or other translations may say um, uh, a different name, but it's the same thing. It's the elite, the top in the Roman guard. They actually had great influence um, as soldiers in the Roman guard, in the Roman military. And it was, you know, you would think, again, being chained to a Roman guard, you would feel like, well, what am I to do? I, I can't do anything because I'm under this house arrest with this Roman guard. But Paul didn't think so. He turned it. He used it in a way to proclaim the gospel to this guard. And, and again, they, they actually would change the guard every so often um, that would come, that would be chained to Paul. And, and he would, again, Paul would be using that opportunity to, to proclaim the gospel of Christ. And the, the amazing thing, it was the gospel was being made known throughout this high elite Roman military. Now again, I, you would think that it would be you know, a bad situation for Paul. But think about the Roman guard. The Roman guards that would come and be chained to Paul would think, oh no, here we go again. I'm going to get you know, an earful uh, from Paul. But God was working and changing the hearts of these guards. And you could see that. Look at um, the, um, I think it's the last, yeah, the last chapter in Philippians, Philippians chapter 4. And verse 21. He says, Greet every saint in Christ Jesus. The brothers whom uh, are, are who are with me greet you. All the saints greet you, especially, here it is, especially those of Caesar's, the Roman kings, Caesar's household or the, or the military guard. Paul was using every situation for the advancement of the gospel. And God was moving. Look now at verse 14 of uh, Philippians chapter 1. It says, And most of the brothers, having become confident in the Lord by my imprisonment, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. Verse 15. 
So he says here, having uh, become confident in the Lord by my imprisonment. There were brothers and sisters that became more bold when they heard of Paul's joy because of the gospel of Christ. When the Philippians heard of how Paul was being bold and, and filled with God's power, even in the midst of imprisonment, they too were encouraged. They were encouraged to be bold in their faith, just like Paul. And, and this is an encouragement for us. We should, be, we should be encouraged by others in the faith. We should be an encouragement to spur one another on to keep close to Jesus. I know when I traveled to these different countries, I was much encouraged by the faith of my brothers and sisters in Christ. I want to share with you uh, one story from my time in Vietnam. So when we were in Vietnam, uh, we just, uh, Pastor Mon took us very south to the southern part of Vietnam called Kamau. And in this place of Kamau, there are many canals that connect to the Mekong, the big Mekong River. And the many, we visited many churches in Kamau. And only uh, we could only get to these churches by boat. There was a crazy time. Uh, there was one crazy time when I was in this boat. It started to rain very hard. And it was raining so hard that uh, visibility to see was very difficult. And I was grateful that our driver right here, he gave us a tarp to put over our head. So we wouldn't get wet too much. Uh, but the, but I, I wasn't able to see where we were going because he kept driving even in the rain. But there was a time, there were times where I would, in the tarp, I would open up, I would push up the tarp to look to see where I was going. But it was raining so hard, and I still couldn't see very much. But all of a sudden, I noticed a really big boat coming right at us. <laughs> all of a sudden, I saw this boat get very close to us. And this boat was much bigger than our little boat. <laughs> and all of a sudden, I, I thought, are we going to hit this boat? <laughs> and sure enough, boom, we hit the boat. <laughs> and I, I was so grateful. God protected us and we did not fall into the, the canal. <laughs> when we hit the boat, I pushed the boat away and I was thinking, what just happened? <laughs> and then just a couple minutes later, the rain stopped. It was in a, that was, in a, uh, as Pastor Mun would say, he said that was a gift from Vietnam. <laughs> 
So now we, we traveled uh, on canal to this to to one church here. This was actually our last stop to this church on this uh, canal. And again, as it says here that the Philippians were encouraged by Paul, I want to share of the encouragement I got from this one pastor. This pastor about four four or five years ago was known as the town drunk. And, and I'm sorry that I don't have a better picture of him. I, I, I only have I only took one photo. But anyways, he was known in the town as the town drunk. He didn't do anything but drink a lot. Drink alcohol a lot. But God, um, God sent people to tell in this certain village about the message of Jesus Christ. And as these missionaries told, he listened to the gospel. And he knew that this was something for him. God grabbed a hold of his heart, spoke in his heart, and he came to Jesus. And he let go, he gave up alcohol and all of the, the things that were uh, pushing him away from God. And he gave his life completely to Jesus. And so much so, he heard the call of God that he would be a minister of the gospel himself. Again, this, this was not so long ago, like years and years, like four or five years ago. And God, by his miraculous grace and power, used this man to speak the gospel into the village that he was in. And his church, he started a small Bible study in his home. And others came alongside him to help him teach the word of God. And they came alongside of him and trained him how to study the Bible. And he, could ne- he became very hungry for Jesus. But he couldn't keep it inside for himself. He had to speak it to others. And he did it with great boldness. And God used him and, bring, and brought many also to believe in Jesus. But unfortunately, the government in Vietnam wants to suppress the Christian church. And what they would call maybe the secret police or authorities from Vietnam came in and tried to break up this church that was being formed. And this pastor had a, I'm sorry, I'm going to cry. This pastor had a, has, at that time when this was happening, had a seven-year-old son. And his son went to his, his dad and said, Daddy, I see many people 
are turning away from Jesus. He, he grabbed his dad's arm. He said, Daddy, I, I, why are people not wanting to follow Jesus? He said, Daddy, why are they, they pushing people away from Jesus? But of course, his father tried to explain to him. And then these words came, and actually, he, he became very discouraged himself. And really, he felt like the church was going to break apart. And that it, the, um, the, the, the gospel, or really the, what was being formed, was going to not exist anymore. And in his own heart, he was thinking about just giving up. But his son said, Daddy, even if those that don't want to follow Jesus anymore, I'll follow Jesus. I'll keep following Jesus when they're not, Daddy. And the faith of this child encouraged him in such a way that he himself also said, I won't give up. And amazing, by God's just power and plan, use this little boy to encourage him to keep boldly proclaiming Jesus. And now his church is around 25 and 30 people. And they are going out continually sharing the gospel of Jesus. And by God's grace, they were able to build a building for, for their church. And this man, when we were there, all he wanted was to, to know more about Jesus and have us to pray for him. And we prayed for different pastors as we visited churches. But when we prayed for him, he got down on his knees and just started and just wanted to receive and ask God to fill him more. I was so encouraged by his faith and also by, his, by the faith of his son, who is now around 10 or 11 years old. That's how it is, and that's how Paul was to the Philippian believers. Even in the midst of that hardship that came, they, they were encouraged because Paul said, I'm imprisoned for Christ. And look now at verses 15 through 18. It says, Some indeed preach Christ from envy and rival, but others from goodwill. The latter do it out of love, knowing that I am put here for the defense of the gospel. And the former proclaim Christ out of selfish ambition, not sincerely, but thinking to afflict me in my imprisonment. What then? And here it is. Verse 18 is, is the most important verse. Only that in every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is proclaimed. And in that I rejoice. Philippians 1, verse 15, 
这一等是出于爱心，知道我是为便民福音设立的。十七节，那一等传福音是出于结党，并不诚实，意思要加重我本所的苦楚。十八节，这有何妨呢？或是假意，或是真心。无论怎样，基督究竟被传开了，为此我就欢喜，并且还要欢喜。Amen. So here he says, Christ is proclaimed, and that is what he rejoices in. This is the most important thing for Paul. This is what brings him joy. Paul was stating here that there were some that were sharing the gospel of Christ out of envy or rivalry. Rivalry towards Paul. Rivalry or jealousy towards Paul. Uh, and, but and and some out of, even out, some of them were doing that out of selfish ambition. They hoped, as they were sharing, to get a better reputation or power from what they shared. And gratefully, there were also some that were proclaiming the gospel out of love. However, Paul rejoiced in it all. Even if it, even if those who were proclaiming were out to hurt Paul. Why? Because verse 18, the gospel was advancing. Even if there were somewhat wrong motives, the gospel was still being shared. Paul wasn't concerned for his own interests or betterment. But what brought him joy was the fulfillment that the gospel was being shared. And there's no greater thing, because the gospel brings us peace with God. Are you more concerned about your own reputation, about your own betterment in life? And then wanting to stand for Christ and allowing His peace to satisfy your heart. His love, God's love, and His plan for you is far better than whatever the world could give you. Our joy, our the everlasting joy, can never be dependent upon your circumstances. It, it, it cannot be dependent on how you feel. If it is, you'll be up and down so much. It has to be dependent on God and on His gospel. Even in struggle, God has a better plan. And it's the hope and the joy of the gospel in us. And the hope and the joy that the gospel goes out from us. Because the good news is that God wants to use you. Because He loves you. He wants His love to be in and through your life, shared with others. And there is no greater thing. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. God.
thank you for the gospel that you have put into our hearts. God, help us to be satisfied with you and you alone. I pray you would strengthen our faith. Help us to stand for you. Help us to share you with others. Oh, Father, help us to see the hope of the gospel even in the midst of hard times. God, we say that our hope is in you. And I pray, Father, that you would increase our faith every day to see you more. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.